Hey there, and welcome back to another happy hour edition of the Stripe Show podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Marks, as always. And this is brought to you by Encore Golf. Encore designs high-performance golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speeds. If you've never tried out their golf balls, I encourage you to give it a try. If you don't know which one, get fitted for your perfect golf ball today at EncoreGolf.com. Well, we are back with another happy hour. I've got my Dr. Pepper Zero gearing up for the weekend. It's a season finale tour championship week. Do not forget it's also Solheim Cup weekend. Um, there's a lot been going on. We've got Patrick Reed in the hospital. We've got uh, Phil's weird Twitter videos. Um, I'll give you a snapshot of everything you need to know. Quick and easy before we get into our Corn Ferry Tour graduate interview here in a little bit with Andrew Novak, who is great. You guys are going to love him. He was very funny. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he told me to. So this week we are at Eastlake. The tour championship is at Eastlake. Um, the top 30 players in the FedEx Cup rankings are playing for that $15 million prize. I don't even know if I want to get into the staggered start discussion. Um, I don't know if I have the patience for that discussion right now. But um, Patrick Cantlay started way ahead of the field after the first day. He's still ahead of the field shortly, uh, followed by John Rahm. Um, John Rahm was my personal pick to win. I think that he gets it done. And I think he, you know, takes that over in a couple weeks through the Ryder Cup and just continues to dominate. I love watching John Rahm. He's probably my favorite player on tour right now. And um, I love his firepower and what he can bring emotionally. And, you know, uh, his ability to get really emotional with it to the Ryder Cup is something that I'm really looking forward to. Speaking of the Ryder Cup, um, if you haven't heard yet, Travis has already done a few specials. Uh, for the Ryder Cup on the Stripe Show podcast, talking to an expert all about Team USA and an expert talking all about the European team. So if you haven't listened to those, uh, I would encourage you to do so. Get ready for Whistling Straits with us. We're super excited uh, for what's to come here in a couple of weeks. But obviously, first, we have the Tour Championship. Bryson DeChambeau, um, it was getting heckled pretty bad, apparently, last week. And so PGA Tour Commissioner... Uh, Jay Monahan instituted a policy where anybody who calls Bryson Brooksy, which is obviously a play on his apparent rival Brooks Kepka, um, is subjected to be kicking kicked out of the event. Now I'm curious how you guys feel about that because part of me is like, okay, whatever. If that makes him feel better, fine. Part of me is like, this is ridiculous. Like. I, first of all, Bryson probably needs to get thicker skin. Second of all, everybody yelling at him like he's an animal at a zoo needs to grow up, in my opinion. Um, this, you know, these are professionals that we pay money to go and watch. So maybe let's let them do their jobs as best as they can. Um, personal opinion, it might not be a good take, um, but that's how I feel about it. Curious how you feel about it as well. Um, and then Brooks kind of you know, replied back and said that, you know, everything, it was just crazy and golf needs to be better as a sport and everyone needs to be respectful. He kept saying that, um, everyone can use more respect. So I understand it's hard because it is a sport where you kind of can hear everything on the golf course. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to be in that position, you have to learn how to tune those things out. Um, 
Next up, we do have to talk about this. Patrick Reed was in the hospital with pneumonia, um, like double lung pneumonia, like really bad. Um, I think it was last week. Uh, I think I talked about it, um, but apparently it was worse than we thought. He spent five or six days um, battling that pneumonia alone in the Houston hospital because of COVID. Um, Nobody was allowed in the hospital with him, but Patrick Reed um, originally told somebody he tested positive for COVID. And then yesterday, now he says, oh, I was never actually tested positive or I never, I never was tested for COVID. And that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know um, how you would be in the hospital for five or six days during a literal pandemic and not be tested for COVID. So I'm just saying that with the history of um, Patrick Reed's untruthfulness that there's a lot of question marks up in the air about this story. Um, He did have to drive to the tour championship because he could not be cleared to fly. So it'll be interesting to see if he was, if he's able to um, play the Ryder cup, if he's even chosen, not sure if he's going to be chosen, not sure how his health is going to hold up this week either. Um, But Nevertheless, moving on, Phil Mickelson, um, his season is over. He's at home. He did not make it to the tour championship, but he's not done talking smack on Twitter. He called out the USGA for planning to roll back the length of the driver shafts, which um, the USGA tweeted about recently. They were going to roll the driver shafts back to 46 inches. Um, Basically, Phil Mickelson believes that they should change the golf ball um, and not the clubs. so it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, take here. He compared it to banning the sale of ice cream in New York City. So I don't know. Um, and the USGA pretty much didn't want to comment back on it, saying like USGA.org slash distance insights is where you can find all of our research. So not sure. Um, direct quote from Mickelson says the guy who hits it 300 yards as opposed to the guy who hits it 200 yards, they might hit it more offline, but they hit it so short. They're not going to get in as much trouble as the guy who hits it farther. It's just an idea to start addressing the real issue and not have other issues that are taking a lot of the fun away from the game and not addressing the problem. Get rid of the perimeter waiting. So the ball isn't as stable and we have more weight in the center of the golf ball. Now, I don't know what that means. Um, Bryson probably does. Um, but yeah, Mickelson is all for the rollback for the golf ball, apparently. And that's where we're at on that. Now, lastly, what we're going to talk about is the Solheim Cup. The Solheim Cup starts tomorrow uh, or today, this weekend um, at Inverness. And there are some rookies that are excited to get going. We've got Leona McGuire, uh, Yelimi No, and um, Matilda Castron. They're all excited to get to the first tee. And I always love watching first timers on a Solheim cup or a Ryder cup kind of get to feel that experience again. Um, Jennifer cup show is playing for team USA and she actually got engaged um, ahead of the Solheim cup. So she's got a lot to celebrate. Um, And yeah, the quarters are going to be there. We've got Lexi, we've got uh, Michelle, we pitching in there um, for some captaincy roles. So I'm super excited. Uh, we've also got the corn Ferry tour finals, which we're going to talk about here in a second, but I, um, it's going to be a fun weekend of golf. We've got three really big events. Um, so get your, get your butt on the couch, couch potato it all the way up, order some Uber eats 
grab a drink with me and enjoy the golf this weekend because there's beautiful golf courses and a lot to watch. So as you know, we're getting to know the upcoming PGA Tour players, the Corn Ferry Tour guys who have secured their tour cards this season over the next several weeks of the year. This week, we're getting to know number 16, Andrew Novak. I love chatting with Andrew and getting to know him on and off the golf course. So here's a little bit more about him in his own words. I hope you enjoy. And I'll cut out all the beginning parts. So like if we... I'll cut all this out. Okay. I'll just start with three, two, one. Andrew Novak, thanks for joining me. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me along. Yeah, of course. Where are you calling in from? You got your nice hotel background. Yeah. Uh, I'm calling in from Evansville, Indiana. So it's a great hotel. Where are you? We're in Indiana right now for an event. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the, the tour championship. Yeah. How's oh, the, the course? Victoria National is, as usual, playing very tough. Uh, very windy yesterday, so a lot of the guys struggled early. And today, uh, today it was a little bit more scorable, but um, you know, guys are still having to deal with some mud balls out there. It's it's not playing all that easy. So, and you're from Raleigh, right? I was born there. I don't live there. You were born there. there. Well, yeah, I, everybody thinks I'm from Raleigh. I guess the tour does it weird. I don't know if there's like a way you look it up and it just says I'm from Raleigh because everybody always says that. And I haven't lived in Raleigh in almost like 16 years, 17, no, longer, 20 years. Oh, God. Yeah, um, it, it does say you're from Raleigh on there. So it probably says birthplace or something. I don't know. But no, I, I live in St. Simon's Island. I'm part of the Sea Island Mafia now. So uh, nice. from, from Charleston originally. Okay, cool. And you've been playing as a professional since 2017. How's that been? Uh, good. I mean, it's, you know, professional golf is typically not all smooth sailing. So it's been some up and downs, but overall it's been good. And you obviously had a great season this year. Um, graduated, got that PGA Tour card, headed to the big stage in a couple weeks. Describe that feeling of finally getting that card after four years of grinding on tour. Was it a bit of a sigh of a relief? Yeah, I mean this this year was such a marathon. Um, I mean, I won the fifth event of the season. We ended up having like forty five something events. It was a little ridiculous. Uh, so, I mean, when I won initially, I'd also had some decent finishes earlier. I was like set. I was like I was going to have my PGA Tour card, and then they turned into a two year season, and all of a sudden I wasn't going to have my PGA Tour card. And then I played like crap at the back end of last season, basically. So I went from going to have a tour card in six months to being uh, not in a good position. I mean, I was in a good position, but not in a good place. I mean, I was going to have to really fight for my spot again. Um, so I don't know. I, I was very happy to get it done. and But it was, I, I don't ever want to do a two-year season like this again. That was a lot. Yeah, I was when I talked to a few other players who've been doing this series, getting to know everyone, they all kind of said the same thing. Like, usually if you win once, you're pretty set, you know, like you can just kind of coast till the end. So how were you able to stay in it? Because it had to have been exhausting, like mentally, too. It was such a grind. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, you had to keep playing well. It was, we've got, we've got such a strong class this year too. It wasn't, you know, people weren't stumbling. Like everybody was playing so well. I mean, I had in 40 something events or whatever it was, I think I had a win and like 11 top tens or something like that. And I finished 16th. Like that's ridiculous. 
I mean, I, I top 10 in over 20% of the tournaments and didn't even finish top 15. Like, that's crazy. So, like, the, the level of golf being played by all the guys, was, it was truly incredible. It's got to make you feel better, though, about earning that card because it was a top 25 guys. So that's mm-hmm. you, you. We were well in the well into getting your card there at 16. Right. But yeah. you won the Suncoast Classic, right? That was your first win. You said it was a few events into the season. Birdied the final two holes. Tell us about those two holes. Yeah, I still give Kevin Price crap for it. Um, probably best shot of my career, 17, my birdie putt. Uh, it was probably 60 feet. And I mean, I had to putt it like sideways, like it fed it off a slope, made it crazy, crowd went crazy. I don't think anybody's got it on video. He and the video staff left because I didn't hit it anywhere near the hole. And they went up to 18 to get somebody else hitting their shot. Um, so I, as far as I know, I have not, I've never seen a video of it, which is unfortunate. I mean, there's so many people there by the green. I was thinking maybe somebody got it, but. As far as I know, nobody's got a video of that one now. They got a video of 18, and that was pretty special as well, getting, uh, getting the win. But um, 17, I'll never forget that one. Dang, that sounds crazy. But you said it as well. You had 11, I think it was 11 on your profile, top 10s this season. Um, was it all kind of in a, in a consistent stretch, or were they all spread out? Well, and that's that's the thing. Like, I basically didn't even play the last four months of last year. I mean, I played, but I played Thursday, Friday, and said, see, ya. I, I missed, I don't know how many cuts, but I was playing awful. So I probably had, I probably had two top tens because I had a win and another top 10 in the first five events before COVID. And then basically 15 events, I just might as well not showed up. So I think I had eight or nine top tens since February this year. So yeah, I, I got, I had, I had a stretch basically this spring. I had five top tens in a row, which I think tied a tour record. Um, I just, my game was in such a good place. I put so much work in in the off season. And, I mean, it was just, I was an autopilot. Um, putting well, hitting it well, and just showing up each week and competing. When you said you had a lot of missed cuts in a row at the end of last year, how were you able to pull out of that? Was it a swing thing? Was it a mental thing? Oh, was it Completely, completely. My short game. Like, I probably, like, my short game last fall was unreal. Like, I was, like, chipping in, like, at least once around. I was getting up and down from every. Now, mind you, I was missing, like, 10 grades around, probably. So I had plenty of opportunities to chip in. But I was getting up and down from, like, everywhere for, like, doubles. And so, I mean, it was, I was hitting the ball so bad. Um, both ways, any club in the bag. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was really hard. It was really hard to play golf. Um, I didn't, I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I felt like I was hitting it really bad. I knew I was hitting it really bad, but I don't think I was completely, like I wasn't way off um, to where I was like completely searching. I think Kevin Fries told me I, I missed eight cuts in a row or something like that, but I hadn't shot over par uh, for any of those eight tournaments or something like that. So, I mean, my putting and my short game was so good. And I just knew if I could, get the ball striking where it needed to be that I'd be right there. Uh, so I put the work in with my coach in the off season, got it, got my swing back where it needed to be. You know, when we were playing and playing and playing, I just didn't have time to get comfortable, get anything going with it. Uh, but off season came at a good time for me. 
Yeah, well, as you know, Travis is an instructor um, on the Stripe Show podcast. We talk a little bit of instruction. What was off in your swing? Like when your swing is off, what is it for you? And what do you have to kind of get back into the right feel of? So in technical terms, like what was I doing? Um, so I've had the same swing coach uh, my whole life. And I've always done kind of the same thing. And I've had a lot of certain swing flaws that I'll typically slide into. And those are easy fixes. but. I'd gotten myself into some positions that I'd never really been in before. So I didn't really know how to get myself out of it. So I was getting incredibly upright, which for me is pretty rare. Like, uh, exaggerate. I, I wasn't where Justin Thomas is, but kind of there, but right? I was getting very high with the club, which usually it sits a lot more behind me. And then I'm rotational and I was way too vertical there. Um, my weight shift was all off out of sorts. So, that was just making it even more timing. So I was basically chopping at it because I'm coming from way up high, dropping it down, cutting across, chopping at it, but then also like almost fading away to try and clear and, and get the club back in position. Um, so I was hitting some wipe rights or some quick lefts with that. Uh, I also was, I, I, my right arm was doing something a little funky because it was getting so high. It wasn't in the position. I have a lot of lag in my swing. Um, I think almost kind of like uh, Sergio where kind of drop it in a bit. I've got a lot of that going on. And so I was so far up and my right arm could never get to where it needed to be. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was a few different things just causing multiple issues. Are you more of a technical guy? Like you want to see the, no, you just want to feel it. No, I'm very much feel, uh, as far as like getting the swing where I need to be, like I I do the things I need to do to make sure my swing is dialed. But as far as a player, I need my swing coach for them. It's like, I'm very much feel and feel to the point. Like, even if I'm doing technical swing stuff, I'm just trying to get a feel of like, almost like an exaggerated feel for what I need the club to do. And then, if I just do that a few times, it can just work its way in. And then I, when I swing, it just kind of works itself into the swing. Um, but no, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not technical at all. That makes sense. Well, I feel like there's so much technology out there now with the pressure plates and the, all the different things you can do with the golf swing for, I mean, I played a long time ago, but that was too much for me. I was like, I don't need yeah, to know. All I, that. I, I mean, I understand why people do it and, and all that, but. I don't know. That's, that's a lot for me to be thinking about. I just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get a consistent shot. If I can do the same thing every time and, and I swing and the ball does one thing, then I know I can just do that on the course. It's that, easy. it's that easy. Well, let's take a little bit of a turn. I know you're a big sports fan. I did read that PGA tour profile. Huge. Um, let's talk some fun stuff. Who are your basketball and football teams? Obviously football started up again a couple days ago college pro, whatever you want. So college basketball, like I got to wrap my squad at Wofford. Uh, we're very good. We're competitive in basketball. So I can go ahead and root for it. it top tier college basketball is hard for me. There's too much turnover. I, I don't know who the players are. I can't really keep up with the teams. Uh, my mom went to Duke. So I grew up rooting for Duke, but I haven't followed them in years. I mean, I can't, I can't keep up with all that, but uh, absolutely. I watch every Wofford game. Um, root for my guys they'll get the tournament though they'll give some teams a scare so no that's my squad there nba i don't really have a team um it's more so just like players uh probably steph's my favorite player to watch so i'll I'll watch the warriors and i'll pull for him to do well 
Um, and then football, a uh, huge Canes fan, huge Canes fan. So Miami, that's my team. Um, since I was a kid, I don't know. I guess they were really good when I was young, but I don't know. They've been 20 years of disappointment for me now. So I'm hoping big game tomorrow. I'm hoping or I don't know when this comes out, but big game on Saturday playing, playing Alabama. So uh, hoping for, you know, I hope we don't get blown out. I mean, we'll probably lose. It's Alabama, but we'll see. It could be a nice upset at the beginning of the season. Oh my gosh. If, I might take like a one over par tomorrow if it guarantees a Miami wins. Like I'm dead serious. Like I like it. I'll, I'll take it. And then uh, growing up in the Carolinas, I'm a Panthers fan for NFL. So uh, not not a whole lot to be too excited for this year, but we'll see. Well, your mom went to Duke. I went to North Carolina for a couple of years, so okay. we've got some beef with your mom that I just found out about. Um, That's fine. I got my my god my godfather went to to UNC and he was a manager on the basketball team, Michael Jordan's roommate. So I got a little bit of UNC connection too. Wow. What a story there. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're doing um, obviously a little bit of a series. Like I told you, where we're getting to know all the 25 guys. We've got some rapid fire questions. Those uh-huh. you got to think about. These are rapid fire answer. Whatever comes to your mind as quick as possible. Okay. Okay. All right. Biggest thing you're excited about on the PGA tour. I know one of the other guys said courtesy cars. Uh, I think Curtis also said that. Uh, but honestly, for me, it's just going to be new courses. Uh, I get to see new, like, we, I've been playing the same courses for like four years. So it'll, it'll be nice to see some new ones. Yeah, that's a great answer. Best golf tip for the weekend golfer? Mm. Uh, two to one uh, hole to beer ratio. <laughs> Love it. Top three players you're most excited to play with on the PGA Tour? Uh, Tiger. He's coming back. Uh, You'll see. Um, Ooh. I I, want to play with Jordan. I want to see see how crazy that short game is uh, in person. And then third, probably, probably Bryson. I don't know. I want to see what 60 by me looks like. <laughs> um, who or what motivates you? Um, I mean, honestly, myself. Uh, I mean, I, I have other outside motivating factors, but like, if I'm going to be honest, like probably myself. I mean, I could be playing around a golf with me and like a buddy. And even if we don't have anything on it, I'm going to be hard on myself. If I miss a putt or something, like I, I put pressure on myself because um, I work, I work very hard at this game. Um, I put a lot of time into it, and it's something I'm very serious about. So, you know, if I'm not doing what I need to be doing, I'm, I'm gonna make sure that I'm fixing it or, or trying to work on it and fix it. I like that answer. Okay, three words to best describe you as a person. Ooh, depends on who you ask. Uh, I'm going to say funny. Uh, a lot of other people are going to say funny, and then some people are just going to say annoying. Um, it's not like a word, but I'm smarter than people think. I did pretty well in school. So I'll, I'll go with smart. And then, uh, I don't know, I, I'd say nice or fun, something like that. I, 
I, I like to think I'm a decent guy to play with on tour. I, I like hyping the guys I'm playing with up. You know, you make a good putt. I'll let you know about it. So Love that. Okay, three words to best describe your golf game. Uh, scrappy. Uh, man, that might be all three. Uh, scrappy. Uh, it could be a little hot and cold, maybe. Scrappy, hot, cold. That's a good answer. Well, well, no, I don't want cold to be one of the words. I mean, it's not always, you know. Um, I would say scrappy is like by far going to be like the the number one term um, that I'm going to go with. Uh, I think it's, I'm, I feel like overall I'm pretty well, like well-rounded golfer. My short game probably carries me a little bit, but I just like, I don't, I don't like making bogeys. I don't like giving up shots. Like, I'm a grind for whatever I got. Love it. Okay. That's, that's all that's all you need. I love it. Any passions that are not golf related? But we touched on the sports. Um that's I mean, this it's gonna be all based around that. I mean Okay. I love it. Like like after golf, like like football is like golf is what I do, but like football is like my true love. It's like seriously. I spend more time watching like football than golf. Like it's not close. Uh-huh. I understand football. Uh, I've thought about like in the past, like I might be interested in like getting into coaching, like, you know, down the way down the road, like after golf, like just go retire somewhere or whatever. And then see if I can be like football coach and just, just do that. I love the strategy of it. I love, you know, I mean, it, it really is a chess match between coaches and, and it, that's just so interesting to me. Well, it's interesting that you said that because my next question was, if you weren't a golfer, what would you be doing? So that answered that question. I honestly, that probably be it because I got a degree in economics and that stuff is so boring. Oh my <laughs> God. So definitely not anything with that. So I probably, I probably would have gone back. I'd probably be some math teacher somewhere hating that and then just coaching football on Friday nights. I don't okay. know. Maybe, maybe I could have got on on a college team somewhere eventually down the road. If I started earlier on, you know, coaching is very much, you know, you coach with somebody for 10 years, they like what you do and then put in a good word down the road somewhere. You might get an opportunity. You never know. You're still, you never know, but definitely coaching football because I do not have the time or patience to coach golf. That is awful. I don't know how the coaches do it out there. Uh, But Travis, I have no idea how he does it. Uh, you know, I've never met like I haven't seen a coach or anything, but they, that cannot be that cannot be fun. What are your top three favorite courses you've ever played? Oh, that's a great question. Okay, so I, I've been asked this a few times lately, so I think I've got my three dialed down. I've played the old course in St. Andrews. That place is incredible. Uh, love that place. Marion, I played there last fall. Awesome. My third is a little bit lesser known course, but I'm throwing it in there because people need to like know about this place. They need to go play there. Well, if they can, they need to go play there. Uh, it, it's, I think it's ranked like kind of high, but it should be higher. That's Lancaster country club in Pennsylvania. It's, it is so good. It is so good. Okay. And then the best advice you were ever told golf or not golf related. Oh, no. I don't think I listened all that well as a kid. Um, man, it's not going to be anything crazy or special. Like, it's probably just going to be 
like have fun. Like, or wait, is this as far as golf or like like anything? Yeah, it's gonna be just something about like working hard. Like, if you work hard enough, like you can do it or something. But I don't know. You know, I don't have any specific thing I can think back on. But I mean, that's that's like what I believe a lot. Like, if I gotta get something done, then I just need to put the work in, and I, I can do it. Love it. And then we touched a little bit on this earlier, but your most memorable golf shot to this day. Was it that putt? Well, I mean, as far as like what it meant to my career, I I don't really see how it can't be that putt. Uh, I mean, obviously the putt on 18 is what locked up the win, but that one on 17 was, I mean, what got me there. Um, But as far as, like my most famous shot, I actually, I was on sports center top 10 in college at uh regionals, NCAA regionals. I made like literally a hundred foot putt. Like it was the longest putt I've ever even attempted in a golf tournament. And it went in the hole and they got it on video. So I was like number four in sports center top 10 the next day. They got so that. that so that was pretty cool. Cause I mean, that's on camera. I get on ESPN. I mean, that's, that's pretty special. So yeah, that was a great answer. I love that. But yeah. hey, clearly you're okay at distance putting. Yes, yes. <laughs> Lots you know, of time. Lots we of time. we like having the short birdie putts, but sometimes those long ones work out too. That's right. That's right. Well, Andrew, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about you heading into the PGA Tour season? Is there any other interesting facts we missed? Uh, nah. I mean, this is this is me. Uh. Hopefully, I don't know who I got to talk to, but hopefully that new little Netflix show they got comes calling. I feel like I'd be great on camera. I feel like they need, you know, some new blood, some Corn Ferry Tour guys coming up uh, for the show. I feel like I'll add some, you know, a, a different dynamic to to some of the stuff they might have. So, you know, I don't know who I got to talk to for that, but PJ Tour, if you're listening, might be your guy. I love it. I think you would be a great star on their show. Thank and I'm you. excited to watch it. Golf needs, or Netflix needs more golf, don't you think? I, yeah. I mean, well, I think golf in general needs more personality. I mean, not, I mean, you know, you know the top players for the most part, but you really don't know them all that well. Uh, you don't get to see too much into their life, which is, you know, some guys might not want that. But as far as the fan engagement, I think, I think it's great. I think, I think it's a lot of the reason why the tour started the PIP. Uh, purse that they're paying out now they want they want you know the fans to know the players a little bit better yeah it was an interesting uh interesting move lots of hot takes by some tour players recently about that as well and their their takes on it but it'll be interesting to see what happens i still think tiger is gonna win some of it what do you think i hate i said he's coming back uh you know 20 2022 something if he's back he's gonna compete I mean, he's he's not going to come back if he can't compete. That's not who he is. So if he's coming back, he's, he thinks he's going to win. And uh, uh, there's too much too much data on that guy not to believe that he can't do it again. So we'll see. I, I hope so. We'll see. I love it. Well, I loved your answers, and I love chatting with you, Andrew. Thank you so much Thank for joining Thank you. Thanks for having me on. We look forward to watching you this season. We'll keep an eye out for you, and good luck the rest of the week. Of course, thank you. See ya. See ya.
Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest Gold-Rated Elixir and Low Compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.